Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I heard the other day that CBUS are building a new future. What's that all about? Well, CBUS are investing in heaps of new projects, creating thousands of jobs for workers like us. And when you spend your pay at the bakery, you're boosting local business and the economy. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get it, I get it. Come on, I'm starving. Of course you are. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word, India Daily. We're recording on Southbank next to about 4 million birds who are all eating something. So maybe we'll just try to move away from them a little bit. Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins, day three of the Sydney Test Match. I watched it, you watched it, but I'd like you to tell me about it and in that way tell other people about it in 30 seconds or fewer. I'll try to do that. I'm quite distracted by those yeah. birds, it must be said. We thought we'd do a nice gentle shoot down here. Anyway, India resumed at 2496, I think That's it was, right. and they were all out for 244. They lost 5 for 21 after lunch. Uh, it was set off by a brilliant Hazelwood run out. Pat Cummins, outstanding. Pajaro, his slowest half century, but an important contribution. Mm-hmm. Held it together. It all fell away. Two injuries along the way. Australia batting in reply in the third innings. They started with a lead of 94. They end with a lead of 197. Smith and Labuschagne ticking over beautifully. They put on 68 by the close, and I've overshot the runway, but that's okay. Well, look, sometimes you've got to do it, and it's all right as long as you're not in Hong Kong or somewhere. Where's the place with the really short uh, runway? Well, Hong Kong is one of them. There's another yeah. one, but I can't remember Maybe right South now. America yeah. somewhere where don't yeah. do it or you go. The cliff, you know, sort of Bond GoldenEye style. You've, you've got to take off before you go off the edge. But it felt to me like a, an earlier generation kind of day of test cricket, like 20 years ago Australian teams when they used to just bully visiting teams, the way that they went at them relentlessly, the way that the injuries happened, the way that it wasn't just about getting them out, it was about really getting on top of them. And that's something that, you know, Australia's been out of sorts so far in this series. And that was, like, obviously... The All Out 36 was it was sort of a freak day, but this was real like domination day, and it's the first one that we've seen, I think. Yeah, it was a flex that was helped by the pitch, which did pop at different times. I mm. briefly brushed over those two injuries, but Richard Punt copping a whack on the arm when trying to pull, and then Ravinder Jadeja, his thumb getting bent back when trying to defend his bowling hand as well. Mm. It was sort of the full stop on a fairly dominant performance from Australia between lunch and tea. Right. They were bowled out, actually, on, on the cusp of tea, India for 244. So, I mean, Pajara and 
Rahane batting together, you're thinking, well, this could be India's day. They were doing exactly what we prescribed yep. the night before. That is, getting overs into the Australian bowler's legs, making sure they'd bowl tied with the second new ball mm-hmm. and wouldn't give them an awful lot until that point. But, of course, it was Pat Cummins, as it always is, in his fifth over this morning, I think it was, yep. uh, bending back Rahane's middle stump, albeit via the inside edge, but it doesn't matter. And then that brilliant piece of fielding from Hazelwood, yep. which I think was just after lunch, might have yeah. been just before Bahari. No, it was before lunch with Bahari, who... Just when Pajara was starting to slowly but surely advance in his innings, I think he took line for 11 off one over, for example. But yep. 174 balls to reach 50, you get a feel for the, the kind of innings it was. He was trying to hold things together and, yeah, really drive Australia into the ground the way that he did two years ago. But the Hazelwood run out, yep. a court and bowled yesterday, a brilliant direct hit today from mid-on, and that changed the course of the day. They lose 5 for 21. Mm-hmm. Um, their lower order as always is rubbish, especially down at the very tail end. And, and Judasia, when the pressure's on, especially even more so almost. Yeah, that's right. Judasia was able to bash a couple around to add a little bit of respectability to a score that looked like it was going to be all out about 210. They ended up all at 244. Uh, so they were, you know, a double digit deficit rather than a triple digit deficit but nonetheless the damage had been done principally due to Patrick Cummins who I mean you can't speak highly enough of this bowler he's relentless he's Mm. like a a spinner in terms of his accuracy and his bounce back ability over after over spell after spell he doesn't bowl a bad over yeah He's like some sort of non-giving up school guy you might say the way that he went out today I mean Rahane was the major wicket obviously that early partnership Rahane was the one doing the scoring Pajara wasn't but you had this sense you know they brought the deficit under 200 and you thought well okay if these guys stay together for a a couple of sessions then they can cash in or even if you know a wicket falls when they're 100 behind then they've sort of got the punchy lower order batting to get themselves a lead and that's not how it worked out and it was down to Cummins with that accuracy cramping Rahane for room when he was trying to guide one away chopped it onto his stumps and then Pajara had to do all of it basically from then on. I mean, Pajara was what, 16 off his first 100 balls? Yep. And then scored 11 in four balls off Nathan Lyon. Yeah, and scored 17 for his next 17, I think it was. Yeah. But there was still the chance for him to build with Vahari, and then Vahari goes for that single after facing, I think, 38 balls for four runs. Yep. Punches one down to mid-off, sees Josh Hazelwood, says, I can take him on, and goes for it. And Hazelwood, people were saying it was as good as the Cummins one from Adelaide. It wasn't, because he wasn't full diving mid-air aiming at one stump. But it was still an amazing pick up and throw in one motion to nail middle stump from mid-off. Yeah, and I think that Hazelwood is underrated as a fielder. We've seen him be just magnificent on the boundary rope in in short-form cricket, but here he got a chance to execute the skills, as they say, that they practice all the time. We're we're fortunate to watch Australia train quite a bit, and it doesn't matter whether you're Josh Hazelwood and Mitchell Stark, the Mm. fast bowlers, or whether you're one of the whippets who, you know, operates a backward point like Glenn Maxwell in one-day cricket or whatever. They all do the same fielding drills. It's about hitting one stump over and over and over again. And, look, this was Josh Hazelwood's first direct hit run out in Test cricket, playing his 53rd Test, I think it is, 54th maybe. And I think, you know, if it comes off once in your career, Mm -hmm. it's all been worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, he was involved in that run out for Rat Coley a couple of years ago as well where he threw the ball to Nathan Lyon. So he has got form on that front. And, yeah, the... the, That's a less exciting phrase than execute your skills in cricket. Especially when you talk talking about something that was really good and really spectacular. Well, 
they say that he executed his skills. But this that is actually day. one of those times I think it actually means something. Like yeah. it's a skill they have practiced over and over again, and yeah. each one it's sort of, it, it is an execution thing. It's all about being able to collect and throw the ball without losing balance at full pace, and mm. that, that's what he was able to do. And yeah, as you say, midair a little bit Bavuma-esque from the Wacker all those years ago when when Australia were unpicked by his brilliance at mid-wicket. But no, mm. the I mean the fact that Hazelwood now has five caught and bowls as well. Yeah. So it's it's not just a it's an all-round package he presents yep. as a bowler fielder, which again I think sometimes when we think about him, we, we think, you know, big old school fast bowler, nice mm-hmm. and tall. But he has that second string and, and we saw it today and it was a real turning point. Yeah, he's athletic and he can, you know, he can play the uppercut over slips as well. It's the only <laughs> shot he's got, but, but he can play that. Sure. So Pajara copped a lot of stick today for batting too slowly, made hundred off what, 146 balls or thereabouts. It was yeah, it, it was it was one hundred and seventy four balls for fifty, so. which is his yep. slowest half century by one delivery. Mm-hmm. And look, yeah, he gets out four fifty, as it turns out, gets an absolute snorter from Patrick Cummins. I think it was his second wicket, maybe his mm-hmm. third, kissed the glove on the way through. Not an awful lot he could have done about it. And I, I sort of understand when you, you know, the way that some people interpret it is that because he's willing to occupy the crease for so long yeah. and show no real appetite for scoring that it puts pressure on his batting partners. But, I mean, isn't it the case that cricket teams take all types? Like, yeah. You know, I sort of see it a different way that if you can't absorb a player like Pajara in your 11, yeah. if that's too much for your team to deal with, then your team's probably not very strong to begin yeah. with. Yeah, and, and the idea that it puts pressure on your batting partner, what puts pressure on your batting partner is getting out or yes. looking likely to get out at any minute when your batting partner doesn't know if you're going to stick around for a while. Whereas with Pajara, you have that solidity, that sense that it's fine, he's got an end. And he was soaking up a huge amount of very, very good fast bowling from Cummins and Hazelwood. And notably. spin as well. I mean, Lyon takes yeah. none for 87, but he bowled some incredibly probing mm-hmm. overs at Pajara in those formative yeah. stages. So yeah, it, it all Had goes... a bunch of chances go over short leg as well, like yeah. edges that, two, that two didn't that go to would, hand, yeah, one that was it, given and then overturned. Well, if Matthew Wade's a foot taller, which yeah. of course that's not going to happen. But I yeah, wish yeah. it was a little bit taller. I wish it was a bowler. I wish I could stop playing that shot over mid-wicket in the test middle order. <laughs> Very nicely done. If Cameron Green's at short leg and has those sorts of skills, then uh, then he probably mm. has two catches in there. But I digress. The point here is, is that Lyon did a job. Cummins did a, mm. a massive job. Hazel with the with ball and in the field. Stark yep. less so, less needed. But I think the fact that they had to throw the ball to Labuschagne at one stage, yeah. that wasn't all smooth sailing. The scoreboard yep. kind of belies the fact that India did for, at different points really yeah. absorbed the bowling well. But We've got some boat friends just going by. Hi, boat friends. Hello, friends. Hope you're having a nice time. This is what happens when you're down by the river. Boats, birds, all the rest of it. Yeah, I, I thought if somebody... The, the problem with Pajara's innings was that no one batted with him for long enough. Yeah. Uh, and no one batted with him lucratively enough. And that almost happened when Rishabh Pant came out. And that was the point where yes. Rishabh puts on 30 in quick time. Makes 34 50 balls the, and you're thinking... The it, deficit yeah. comes down to 140 or so and you think, well, this is where Pajara's work is worthwhile because he's got someone who can score. And then Rishabh gets smashed in the arm. Now, Pat Cummins, he broke... Sean Marsh's arm during the World Cup. He broke Mohamed Shami's arm at Adelaide. <laughs> he likes breaking arms. Get ready for one because he's going to dish one out. He smashed Rishab in the in the elbow, and there was a long, long delay. And eventually, Rishab tried to play on, but it just didn't really work. You could tell he wasn't. He, you know, he was obviously out of sorts because of the pain. He was in a lot of pain, and he nicked one to slip after they took the new ball. Yeah, Hazelwood's second wicket. So in the end, Cummins finishes with four for twenty-nine from twenty-one point four overs. A beautiful mm. set of numbers, and Hazelwood two for forty-three. From 21 and stuck 
cashes in as well, picking up poor old Saney on Dubu, yeah. who wanted nothing to do with it, jumping backwards and prodding a ball to silly point. You don't often see a silly point yeah. for a fast bowler. One ball after they brought him there. in too, because he jabbed yeah. about two other ones there with, with no catcher. They brought the catcher in and he hit it straight to Matthew Wade and, and marched off. And then it was it was Ravindra Jadeja getting like a bit of a waste of him, really, because he was, what, 29 not out or 23 not out, but didn't get the support to actually do what he could have done. Well, he's obviously in good nick, and he got hurt as well. Yeah, here's the thing. Jadeja's batting too low. He's at seven, punts at six, mm. and Bahari's at five. Well, Bahari's out of form. They've got no run else to really draw on. They should shuffle that. Jadeja should be at five. He's averaged 58 over the last two years in Test cricket. He's more there for his batting than his bowling right now. I know mm. he's magnificent with the ball in the first innings, but he should be up the order. Give him an opportunity. If it turns out that his thumb isn't busted, and let's hope yep. it's not, that would be one logical change. When they had the ball in hand, India, they did get those two wickets. A lovely delivery from Mohamed Siraj to get rid of Will Pukowski caught mm-hmm. behind, who was looking good too. Nice boundaries through the offside, finding his rhythm, but that's all she wrote. And David Warner, who was out league before wicket to Ashwin for the fifth time in Test cricket. He's been LBW to Ashwin. Most yeah. of those would have been around the wicket. I don't think many of those were sweeping either. Just something on the inside edge with mm. um, Warner and off spinners, but that man at two for 35, the lead is, you know, 120 odd or whatever it is at that point. India are at that stage where, you know, if it's mm. if it's four for 50, if it's five for 70, yeah, maybe they're they chasing something manageable. But yep. Labuschagne played his most convincing innings of the series so yep. far. So he's not out overnight. 30 something, not yep. out. Uh, I think Smith's 22 and 47. 47. 47 and Smith's 29. And, you know, right. they've put on an unbeaten 68 so far. But especially in the case of Labuschagne, he was sort of 20 odd off 20 odd balls and, you know, uh, 40 from 50 balls or whatever it worked out to be in the final half an hour when they yep. kind of shut up shop and they've built the lead to 193 and we get to the stage where tomorrow really if Australia is still batting at lunch India can't win the game it's all loaded up on India they need to find a way to take eight wickets in a session yep uh, ropey first test back for David Warner didn't make many in the first innings or the second Will Pukowski low score in the second after looking pretty decent in the first so um, I guess it'll be interesting to see that pairing go on to the fourth test match um, but we've pretty much covered it so Australia well in front as long as they don't fall in a heap tomorrow they're going to set something but we'll We'll talk about that in the little second bit after the break where we throw forward and we do the final word Hall of Fame for what really caught our eye today. A word about our sponsors, Seabus Super. Via the medium of former Australian captain Michael Clark. Um, Adam, I know that you remember well the innings that Michael Clark played in South Africa in 2014 in Cape Town. Yes, one of his masterpieces against South Africa, batting on with a broken shoulder against Mornay Morkel, doing it for his country. But, I mean, it went on for a long time, right? It was one of those barrage bombardment sort mm. of things. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I think he batted for about a day and a half and it was uh, a defining innings and a defining test match in his career and indeed modern Australian cricket history. And, you know, we talk about it because maybe he should have retired hurt, but instead he went on to make 161 <laughs> and didn't get out and everyone said, oh, Mornay Morkel roughed you up and he said, well, it didn't get me out. You know, so it was significant. Oh, I'm looking forward to the lesson you're about to tell me here, Jeff. Well, the lesson is that this is similar to what CBUS have been telling us. We're not financially clever people, but CBUS have been telling us about volatility in the market. They've been saying that times may be tough uh, in your superannuation market now, but if you ride it out like Michael Clark, the market should eventually bounce back. Well, and that's shown by the fact that over the last 36 years, CBUS's My Super Option has returned an average of 8.98% over that time. 
That's like a Mitchell Stark bowling average. That's fantastic. 8.98%. So consider Seabus. You can visit seabussuper.com.au slash the final word. We have our own page on Seabus. You can go and check us out there. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. That's what you have to be aware of. You can consider if Seabus is right for you by going to that website, seabussuper.com.au. Get a PDS and work out what is going to work for you. This is the final word, India Daily, with Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins uh, standing down at South Bank by the Yarra River. We're in Melbourne because we can't go to Sydney, because if we go to Sydney, we get trapped in Sydney forevermore and we have to do a sort of Kurt Russell escape <laughs> from Sydney thing and, you know, it's going to be a bad time for everybody. So we're, we're here instead looking at a very picturesque sunny day down by the Yarra. The Final Word Hall of Fame, Adam, anything in particular catch your eye? And, and the Indian runouts did in that there was degree of ineptitude, um, particularly with Ravi Ashwin's one where he started, went back and then went down and then just kind of casually strolled into his ground and so a very easy single became a run out. Yeah, there's a statistical category there too, isn't there? Three run outs in an innings, which has happened about 30 odd times. There mm-hmm. was four twice and I was egging that on. Yeah. At one point Warner had a shot for a direct hit which would have run out Judasia, I think, for the 10th wicket and that would have been one of three times in Test yeah. cricket where there have been four run outs in an innings. The well, Jim Maxwell was chatting about this on the radio. One of them was absolutely a, crazy. A match day. in which there was a man cat, in which one of the runouts was at the non-strikers. I end. did not it know was, that. It was Charlie Griffith, I think. Ah, um, yes, uh, right. I can't remember who he was running out, but yeah, one of those. Well, was, speaking of man catting, that would mm. be this. If I was uh, my second favourite moment for the Hall of Fame was mm. when Ashwin ran up to bowl or yep. bounced up to bowl, you might say, for a spinner, and then went through his entire action and didn't let the ball go and just stared at Manus Labuschagne. Ah. Which for me at the time on the call, I'm like, well, maybe he was considering running out Steve Smith at the non-strikers end, which would have made me Oof. ever so happy. In the end, it was more just a mind games <laughs> thing with Ashwin and uh, and Labuschagne. Right. But no, the, my Hall of Fame, my real nomination is the ball tracking technology. Mm. So they went upstairs, Ashwin reviewing leg before, yep. Stephen Smith didn't look out. Yep at any stage of the process really but it took about three minutes to send the projection yeah, yeah. up which sometimes happens frustrating yeah. as it is and the overrate today was a shambles anyway due to those injuries I think well, we missed yeah, about ten, a dozen ten minutes for Richard Panton and, yeah. and then which which I was going to put in as a nomination was just just how long it took because the umpires are coming over going oi like you've got to leave or stay you know should yeah, I stay or should I go spray, now you've, you've yeah. had the white smarties yeah. and all the rest you're you've obviously to... in terrible pain but You've got to go off if that's the case. You can't yep. just hang around here pouring bottles of water over your head. So with so. this projection, which did drag on, yep. they flashed the stumps up, mm. but the stumps weren't, weren't where the stumps are on the projection. Yeah, there so, were four stumps, it looked like, on well, the projection. And it meant that they said umpires call clipping the leg stump. Mm. That meant it was clipping the, yeah. the fourth stump. So India yeah. had a review retained on the back of the technology being bung. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make a judgment on that yet because I'm going to chat to the the fellas in the truck and find out what went on with that because okay. who knows but it did it did look very much like on the projection that there were four stumps which maybe they were just going with one of those sort of Shane Warne brain, brain waves and just have another stump you know just make the goals bigger there'd be more you know, football just make the goals bigger uh, more goals more fun so just could, that quicker Bajara yeah it could be yeah I just into him all day about batting too slowly I didn't uh, watch the coverage today no. of course I was doing another one but I already knew without even knowing that's what he would have yeah, said all day yeah, yeah. Uh, so look never mind that Rishab's 
big 10-minute delay, the many run-outs, the fourth stump. I think it's the fourth stump. Okay. It, it, that caused the biggest stir yeah. on, on Twitter in the final hour or so, and, I, and I'm all for it. Yeah, So and, and the official up in the stands watching the replay of the fourth stump is, of course, the fourth stump hire. Um, <laughs> you know, we've already got a third, but you need the well, fourth. Well, actually, that might be a nomination as well when Tim okay. Payne cracked it and started swearing at Paul Wilson, and Paul Wilson politely told him, I'm not the third umpire champion. Yeah, um, because he was mad because there was a little bit of a murmur on Snicko when they were going for a DRS, but that was clearly not anything. I, I'm not sure and that Tim Payne is someone I would take advice on about the application of DRS technology, but um, he certainly was agitated about them not using one side's hotspot, yeah. not the others, and it looks not out for all money, by the way. It was the right decision yeah. by every measure we were observing in the mm. commentary box, but Payne went bananas swearing at Wilson, who simply yeah. said, the third umpire is the guy that sits upstairs, Was that Pajara or Rahane? Was it was off the glove, It was early it, on. I can't line. remember who it was, yeah. but in any case, it was over I think it was Pajara going yeah. a short leg. But nonetheless, they, Tim Payne, maybe just a short TAFE course in audio engineering, something <laughs> like that. I think all the players and the umpires need that. Nonetheless, uh, I think that's us for today. We'll I think be it back is. with the India Daily tomorrow for day four. It'll be on YouTube as yeah, well. Yeah, so I just want to add that. The so the YouTube up. shots that we're doing, I promise a shot in Collingwood. That's not today, obviously, because okay. we're not there, but that's happening on day five. Okay. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll find another iconic Melbourne location for day four. Um, the response on you. YouTube's been delightful. Thank you for commenting and sharing and subscribing and all the other things you can do on YouTube. And for those who, of course, are listening to us in the podcast feed, we love you all. And if you want to subscribe to us on there, patreon.com forward slash the final word. That's it. The podcast is in all of your podcast machine apps. And that is it for us. Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins, the India Daily, day three from the SCG. See you tomorrow. Bye. So you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out and